everybody! Welcome to this mini movie review. This review is about 2021's Blood Red Sky. So Blood Red Sky is an action horror film. It was directed by Peter Thorwarth, who co-wrote the screenplay with Stefan Holtz. It was distributed by Netflix on July 23rd, 2021. It stars Perry Ballmeister as well as Roland Mahler. I think I'm saying that wrong. It's a German name. Um, Alexander Shear and Chidi Ajufo. It is produced by the Rat Pack Film Production. Had a budget of $17.7 million. It runs 121 minutes. And it is a, yeah, I believe it's a German film, German and UK film. It filmed in Prague. And when it filmed, it was known as Transatlantic 473, which I, you know. So what this movie is about, vampire on a plane. And I'm all for that kind of stuff. I mean, I know some of it can be silly. But if you put something in a small thing and contain it, like in a movie, and it gets crazy, I like it. Snakes on a plane and zombies on a plane. If you haven't seen that one, that one's kind of fun. I watched, I think that's what it was called. I watched it in college. You got zombies on a train, zombies in my brain, just all kinds of things and things like contained can be fun, even though they can be silly. I think this one's a little bit more serious, how this one is from what I've heard. It's about like this woman and her son and like they get on a plane and then she's a vampire, I believe. And then like something happens and people like underestimate her and then there's like a bunch of stuff. I don't know. Apparently this is part of one of the 71 original films that Netflix will release in 2021. That's a lot of films. Yeah, the strategy it says is that they're going to intend to release at least one new film every week. Hmm. All right. But I thought it looked interesting. You know, why not do vampires on a plane? Let's see what happens. So yeah, I'm going to go check out 2021's Blood Red Sky, and I will be back to let you know what I think. So this movie starts out, there's a German widow, Nadja, and her son, I think it's Ilias. Anyway, he's probably about eight or ten. And it's kind of portrayed, I mean, I already knew she was a vampire, so for me it wasn't like a thing really. But in the beginning of the movie, if you didn't know what you were going into, it's kind of portrayed more like she has some sort of condition like leukemia or something like that, that she takes medication or whatever for. She's missing her hair, she doesn't have any hair, she wears a wig. She's getting ready to get on a plane to go to New York because there's a doctor there or some sort of clinic that's going to take her in and treat her. And that's where she's heading to do that because she's, you know, she's not doing very well. She's very pale and sick. Her son is kind of handling everything for her. And at first you're like, no, you know, maybe it's because she's sick or, you know, but she sends him out there to like do everything and get the luggage on and things like that. And he's just this little guy. And the main actors, the woman and the kid, were amazing. I thought their acting and everything was really good. The kid especially I thought was pretty good, especially towards the end with just all his like emotions and things like that. But no, I mean, the, those two did a very, very good job in this movie. I liked it. Um, everyone else did good too. I just think like these two, the mom and the son definitely shown in this movie. When they're at the airport, you know, she kind of meets this guy, or the kid meets this guy. He, like, wants his basketball, and his mom gets it for him, and then he's talking to this guy. He's very precocious. Not really precocious, I guess, but more just independent and well-knowledged. Like, he knows a lot of different things, and he's just kind of... I mean, he's a little scared about stuff, but, like, he knows he's got, like, a job to do to watch out for his mom. 
She, they show her, like, she goes off into the bathroom at the airport and she drinks some red stuff out of a little bottle. And she's real excited about it. And <laughs> it tastes good. Which you're like, oh, that's blood. And then she injects something, some sort of clear, it, almost like it looks like it, almost like insulin. You know, they're still kind of trying to play that it's not vampirism. But by now it's like you're kind of, I mean, I was already, you'd be catching on properly with the red stuff. So she injects this stuff like into her heart and it makes her have like a visceral reaction. You know, it's real painful. And so she's like, okay, I'm good, I'm good. So she comes out, she gets her son, they all get on the plane. So it's like, a, it's a pretty long flight. It's an overnight red-eye kind of flight because she has to travel at night. <gasps> get it? They're going on this red-eye thing and everyone's getting comfy and cozy and she's sitting in her chair and she's still, she's not looking good. It's getting to the wire where like she needs this doctor's help. I don't quite know what he's gonna do if she's just treating it as leukemia, or maybe he knows, or maybe it's something like that, or he knows something about the medicine she's injecting in herself, I don't know. So this part did get me though. So there's like these stewardesses and, you know, like stewards and things like that, flight attendants kind of stuff that are um, helping everyone. And one guy kind of like hits on one of the flight attendants, the female flight attendant. And so she goes over and there's another flight attendant who's male who they play off as like a, a flamboyant gay man. She turns to him and she's like, will you take care of him and, and be his flight attendant for the night? And he's like, oh yeah, I got this or whatever. So he goes over to take care of the guy who hit on her because, you know, now he's not going to get to be near her. And then it just starts coming out that like every, there's a bunch of terrorists on the plane, right? Turns out the flamboyant flight attendant is one of them who I was like, oh, did not, I actually did not see that coming. I was like, oh. All right, so he's one, I think one of the pilots is part of the terrorist group, and they start like taking out the people they need to take out, and then there's like some other guys in the seats, and they sabotage the black box so the plane can't be tracked on radar. They're all like, oh, hey, we're in control now, and everyone's going to stay put until they get some ransom money or something. And the guy who is the flight attendant, he's like the main psycho. Like everyone in the terrorist group is like, why did we agree to this guy being on our group because he's actually more crazy than we thought and he almost seems like he failed like a, he's like a failed theater major because he's just walking down the aisle just like acting real crazy and just killing people and covering himself with blood and like woo and just and everyone's all the other guys on this terrorist group are like oh yeah we didn't realize he was actually insane okay that's all going down and at one point the little boy Elias or Elias he wants to like get up and hide or something so he tries to run to the back of the plane and his mom goes after him and then the psycho, who I think his name is 8-Ball, turns and sees her and, like, shoots her. And then everyone starts freaking out on the plane. And so she gets shot, and the little boy sees it. And he's like, oh, no, Mom. You know, and she falls down. And then Nadia starts coming back, you know, to her consciousness. She's like, oh, no. And she starts... There's a lot of, like, flashbacks to different memories that kind of set up how she got to this place. I don't think I needed all of them, but it's basically like, you know, she was happy with her husband, and she had little baby Elias and... He was like really ba like little baby and they're like frolicking in a field in the snow. They're driving back in the snow and they break down and then the husband goes to walk into the snow for some reason. He doesn't come back and she's out there with the baby and then they find this house and there's like a blood trail and she finds her dead husband and then some guy comes by and she's like having to chase him and she kills some guy but not before he like bites her in the hand or something and you find out because like the sun comes up and he dies and so that was a vampire so she gets bit. And then it's like a couple flashbacks of like her trying to raise the kid and like try to buy raw meat and drink the blood from that and things and not knowing what's happening and yelling at her kid who's just a baby. And then going back to that house and finding the guy's dad who I think is also fighting vampirism. And there's like these vials of things that they're trying to like keep themselves at bay. All this stuff, which is not going to work. I mean, it helps, but 
she ends up killing him and like taking the vials and then that's where she kind of is now I feel like you would maybe like maybe your kid would be better off being raised by someone else it feels like a lot for a kid like he's has to go through a lot in his eight to ten years of life and then the way this movie ends it's like I don't know <laughs> I mean I know it's unfortunate but it's like it's kind of an interesting world for him and you find out he knows the little boy knows all about his mom's stuff so she starts coming back right she wakes up in the plane uh, I think she, her wig falls off she's, she's like bald now she gets into the cargo hold and she's a bit weak because she's really hurt. She's been shot like six times or something. So this movie I actually thought was a little interesting too because there is two instances of dog death where I don't normally see that. And they not just that, but they actually show the bodies. And the one particular was a little off-putting because um, she needs some some blood to help her heal, right? So she there's these cages that the crates look really weird down there. They're like, I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't work or I don't know. It seems kind of hard for the dog. She grabs this like chihuahua thing, Pomeranian thing, and eats it and then they, and, and like bites it. And then they show its body like laying in some blood, which for a second I was like, oh, that is kind of, it's a little hard, but I mean, I know it's a movie, but I was just like, oh, you don't normally see that. So she goes downstairs into the cargo hold, eats that dog, pulls out her contacts because she has contacts and so her eyes are kind of different. She has dentures that conceal her fangs. She pulls those out. So now she's got some fangs. She's like trying to heal and get, now there's a car down there, which is kind of weird. Like it's a really big cargo hold. So then a hijacker comes down there and then she kills him. And then when the guys come down there and find his body, they think the dog did it. So they killed the dog. So she drinks the guy's blood, the hijacker's blood. Now that's not a good thing necessarily for her because she's tasted pure human blood. I'm sure she's maybe done it before, but now she's had a lot. And she is slowly throughout this movie turning. So her ears are getting pointier. And there is like these cute like little ear wiggles they do and they hear sounds. It's kind of cute and a kind of cool thing. The hijackers are just going to leave these people and kill them, I think. It's just, they're just going to crash. These people aren't going to make it out, the passengers. She finds Fareed, who became friends with Elias. He He's kind of like, oh, that's crazy, you're a vampire. She's like, I'm okay, I'm nice vampire, or whatever. Like, you can tell, like, she, I mean, she's not all vampire. She still has her humanity. Um, they try to take control of the cockpit, and then Nadja shows up and bites him, and then stabs him with a knife so he can't transform, because she doesn't want to make more vampires. So here's kind of a fun part. So the hijackers realize what they're dealing with. They, they meet this creature, they see it, and they're like, what the heck was that? And they're like, oh my God, what? This is insane. What is that? And Eight Ball, the crazy psychopath, is, is all for it, carving out a, a stake, and he's like trying to figure stuff out. He's like, all right, it's a vampire, guys. It's a vampire. And then also, like, as she's turning, her vampire teeth, like, pushes out the human teeth. You can see that. That's kind of gross. So everyone's just, like, fighting each other. And then Eightball gets some of his, uh, Nadia's blood from her through a syringe because she's trying to find her medicine. And then it got broken. So he locks himself in the car in the cargo hold, injects himself with the blood, not knowing what it's going to do. He don't know. He just wants to live forever or whatever. But it can take full control over his body, as it would. And now he looks pretty amazing. His makeup and things they did on him to turn Eightball into the vampire looks really good. And then she tries to set him on fire uh, in the cargo hold, but it doesn't completely destroy him. So then he comes out like all burnt and crispy. So eventually she talks to the passengers and she's like, hey, I know I'm a vampire, but it's not that bad. I mean, I'm here to fight the terrorists. So now they're finding out that they're, the plane doesn't have enough fuel to get to New York because they've had to like turn around and go all these places. And they either le land soon or they're going to crash. And Nadia's like, no, I need to make it to New York. So one passenger who, the same guy that like hit on the flight attendant, got hurt and he doesn't want to die. And so I think he thinks if he finds a vampire, he can get bit and live forever and not die. But then he meets Eight Ball as a vampire and that guy just like kills him. And so it was kind of funny, but he lets him out of the cargo hold because they had Eight Ball trapped. So now Eight Ball's out. So then Eight Ball starts running around, turning everyone into vampires. So then all these passengers are just like vampires. 
Nadja's like with a couple of people and Ilya's are like in the cockpit, which it was kind of funny when he sees his mom, the little boy, and he's like, oh, did you drink blood? Like, he's just kind of like, oh, you know, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> it was kind of funny. So Nadja's like, okay, they're going to escape these, all these like vampires or if the plane lands. So she's like, I need to sacrifice myself and use the explosives to kill them. But her son uh, stops her. He grabs like the remote, which I think is a phone, like a cell phone, it's like a detonator. And then he gets surrounded by vampires. There's a really good scene here where he's crying and then she's like almost completely turned and pushing him away because she knows she's losing her fight against this and she might hurt him. And it's just like, ugh. Some of it's a little like heart stringy pulley. Then Nadia makes Farid promise to look after the boy and then kills and feeds on Bastion and like completely turns. So now she like looks real like vampire. Nosferatu type vampire. Not like glamorous, you know, interview with. So she tries to get to her son to save him and then... Eight Ball drains her of her blood and tries to go for the kid. Fareed steers the plane to the sun and Eight Ball burns up. Eliason like cuts his hand, which is kind of gross, and he like gives it to his mom to eat a little. And then she doesn't want it because if she eats his, tastes his blood, then he's going to be in danger because she'll like it. She spent all this time, age 10 years, not eating her kid. So she kind of doesn't want to do that. So they land at this base in Scotland. In the beginning, there was a flash to this where they had the boy and he was crying and in shock and not talking. This is where the movie starts to kind of irritate me. I don't know how exactly procedures are supposed to go with this, but I think they could have done this better. They take the boy and he's like, yeah, like he's trying to tell them that there's something on the plane, like vampires and stuff. And I know they're not going to listen, but Farid has had his hand cut off and he's like in the front, but he looks Middle Eastern because he is. And so they all think he's the terrorist and they're like almost trying to shoot him. And he's in the cockpit like, oh my God, you have to let me on this plane because there's like 10 to 15 other vampires or more on this plane. And they have them, like, stuck on the, the landing strip there, right? They wait all day. They wait, like, eight hours or something when they could have done something because they think there's a bomb on the plane. I mean, there is. I don't know what the protocol is, but it just seems like it's a lot. Because what if there were, like, I mean, they think there's live passengers on there. And they're just, like, letting them all chill. Elias is trying to tell them, no, he's not the bad guy. He's not the bad guy. But he's saying there's vampires, so they're not listening. And then, so eventually it gets dark, and that's when they decide to go on the plane. They go on the plane, the Air Force base, or, and, the, like, the police and stuff or whatever get on the plane. And that's when they run all the vampires. And you're just like, oh, my God, what is it? And so everyone gets killed. Then Elias is, like, an ambulance, and he gets out. Even though they, like, drugged him, I'm kind of surprised he could even jump out of an ambulance later and run. Like, he was 10. It should have knocked him out for the rest of the night. Anyway, so he's running and he's like trying to be like, no, save Fareed. And they got him off the plane and stuff. He's got this like little teddy bear thing, right? And he sees his mom and she's feeding on some soldier and he goes running up to her. You can see she's gone. She's, she doesn't even know who he is anymore. And she starts running towards him. And so he pulls the remote out of the inside of the teddy bear and activates it. It goes flying back just a little bit, but the plane goes pew, like, like real big, like boom, just blows all up. All the vampires and everybody is killed. Farid gets released from custody and hugs Elias, and then that's it. That's the end of it. I'm assuming he's going to go live with him now. He's got a kid now. I don't know. But yeah, that's the end of the movie. I still think it could have been done a little differently with the cops or the soldiers or whatever, but I don't know exactly what the protocol is for that. It just seems like a long time to wait and then to go in at night when you're like less likely to see everything. And if there really were vampires, I mean, I know you don't believe it, but if it was during the day, they're not going to come out. I mean, they're going to start coming out in the dark. I don't know. It was a little irritating. But the rest of the movie is very, very good. I enjoyed it. It got, it was, seemed a little long at like one or two parts, but it, there's a lot going on. It's really fun. It's different. 
So I definitely would recommend it. If I'm going to rate 2021's Blood Red Sky, I'm going to use basketballs like the kid had in the beginning. I would give it 7 out of 10 basketballs. I think it was really fun. It was worth a watch. Definitely check it out. And yeah, that's my review on 2021's Blood Red Sky. Thank you for listening.